Hello and welcome to the latest Lancet podcast. Richard Lane with you on Thursday, October the 16th. This week we're discussing stem cells as yesterday, October the 15th, we published a study following up two early studies published by the Lancet a couple of years ago about the potential of human embryonic stem cells transplanted into the retinal epithelium of people with Stargardt's muscular dystrophy and also age-related macular degeneration. To find out more, Let's hear from one of the authors of the paper who I interviewed for the podcast. I'm Robert Lanzer, and I am the Chief Scientific Officer at Advanced Cell Technology. We're a biotech company that is in the area of stem cells and regenerative medicine. Let's just rewind the clock a moment because two years ago there were two trials, early trials published in The Lancet concerning stem cell transplantation, human embryonic stem cells for people with macular degeneration. Just, just remind us what those studies were concerned with. Yes, the paper that we published back in 2012 reported on the results of two patients who were treated using retinal pigment epithelium, or the so-called RPE cells, and these were derived from human embryonic stem cells. And the cells were injected into the eyes of one patient who had Stargardt's disease, and that's the most common form of juvenile blindness, as well as into one patient who had dry AMD, which is the leading cause of blindness in the developed world. And the two patients were followed for four months in that study, and we didn't observe any signs of rejection, hyperproliferation, or any unwanted cell types. And before we go on and discuss the current study, can you just remind us about the technology involved in transplanting these stem cells, getting hold of the cells in the first place, but actually transferring them to the retinal tissue? It's a very delicate procedure. We differentiated the RPE cells from human embryonic stem cells, and the vials of frozen cells were shipped to the clinical site where they were thawed, formulated, and then they were injected by the surgeon under the retina of the patients, and they were injected into a bleb in the subretinal space. The current study. This actually has follow-up on 18 patients, some with Stargardt and some with macular degeneration for the, for the older population. How does this study relate to those two earlier studies? They relate very much. You know, despite the great promise and the unlimited capacity of embryonic stem cells for self-renewal, that raises serious potential for long-term safety concerns. So this includes in the long term to, to develop tumors, potential immune rejection, and the risk of differentiating into unwanted cell types. So in this particular study, we treated, as you mentioned, 18 patients, and they were followed for a median of 22 months to determine if the cells were safe in the long term. So the the primary endpoint of these studies was safety. So the patients were followed for up to over three years, and there were no adverse safety issues related to the transplanted tissue. And structural evidence did confirm that the cells had survived and continued to persist in most of the patients after the transplantation of the cells. We didn't see any rejection, no adverse proliferation or tumors, no unwanted or ectopic non-RPE tissue in any of the patients, and also anatomical evidence confirmed successful engraftment, which included increasing pigmentation at the level of the RPE layer. Also, the vision of most patients improved after transplantation of the cells. So overall, the vision of the patients improved approximately three lines on the standard visual acuity chart, whereas the untreated fellow eyes didn't show similar improvement in visual acuity. The patients also reported notable improvements in their general and peripheral vision, as well as in near and distance activities. Of course, both Stargardt's and dry AMD are progressive diseases, and the goal of the therapy is to prevent the progression of the disease. To that end, 17 of the 18 patients improved or remained the same. However, the vision of one patient did decrease, but this may simply be the natural progression of the disease process. And what is happening at the molecular level, then, that's actually halting these degenerative uh, eye conditions? 
So the RPE are the nursing cells. These maintain the, the health of the photoreceptors, which are the cones and the rods that we see with. And they have m many functions. So for instance, the, the photoreceptors can shed up to 9% of their mass every day. And as you can imagine, that's a lot of debris in that, the local environment. So the, one of the important functions is for these RPE is to phagocytose in, in those shed outer receptors. And they can also recycle the, 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 the photopigments. They are also involved with vitamin A storage and metabolism. Uh, they transport, for instance, small molecules from the choroid, which is the vasculature, through to the retina. And, and of course, they're pigmented, which means they can absorb stray light. So there are literally dozens of functions uh, that, are, that are critical for the uh, survival of the photoreceptors. But as you say, safety were the primary concerns here. What did, and, and obviously, those safety findings came out well. Where are we now along this path? Because human embryonic stem cells have been available for a couple of decades now, haven't they? But in terms of translating the scientific potential of stem cells into reality for patients, we're still at a very early stage along the road, aren't we? Exactly. So, you know, well, hopefully in, in terms of uh, for people with degenerative value loss, uh, the technology can be used to treat a broad range of retinal degenerative diseases, and, and most of those are caused by the loss of the RPE cells. So ultimately, the goal will be to treat such patients earlier in the disease process, potentially increasing the likelihood of the photoreceptor rescue. But beyond the eye, this is just the tip of the iceberg, and this is just the first application. Embryonic stem cells have been proposed for the treatment of a wide range of disorders. Oh, many uh, diseases. Right, and we recently just heard about uh, the Harvard group that produce insulin-producing cells to treat diabetes. Uh, we could also create uh, cells for uh, myocardial regeneration for heart disease, nerve cells to treat stroke, Parkinson's disease, and Alzheimer's disease. We've even used embryonic stem cells to generate platelets and can even uh, generate entire tubes of red blood cells that transport oxygen just like normal transfusable blood. So again, embryonic stem cell-derived cells could be used to treat a long list of diseases caused by tissue loss or dysfunction. But returning to people with eye disease, given that obviously you've studied it closely in, mm -hmm. in, in, in your research in, in these papers that we've published in The Lancet, what should happen next for the treatment of macular degeneration and Stargardt's disease? This was a phase one, two study, so mainly safety in advanced stage patients. And we hope by the end of the year to begin uh, our phase two uh, studies with a much larger number of patients. In terms of the eye conditions, the, the degenerative eye conditions you're looking at here, the point is the stem cells are acting by regenerating degenerating tissue, if you see what I mean. So in other words, it's halting the inevitable decline of a progressive disease. That's different. We're not talking about the ability to reverse something that's already happened. So we're not, we're not talking about people who have lost their sight being able to regenerate to get their sight back. Right. So in this particular therapy, we're basically replacing the lost RPE cells. So that is to prevent the further loss of photoreceptors. Now, that being said, uh, right in the, the bat, first in line for our pipeline is something that would do exactly what you had just uh, suggested and that is, is we've actually used uh, embryonic stem cells to create what we call photoreceptor progenitors, and we have found that we can actually go in to animals that are already blind and that have lost their photoreceptors and, and connect up with new photoreceptors. So that's a, a very uh, promising uh, preclinical uh, 
uh, studies that we've now uh, been uh, trying to move aggressively into the clinic. What are your expectations for what might be possible in the next five, 10 years in regenerative medicine? I think there are a lot of exciting things that hopefully we'll start to see being translated into the clinic. For instance, we just published a paper just a few weeks and actually a couple months ago as well, where we actually took some our uh, cells that we call mesenchymal stem cells that we created from embryonic stem cells, injected them into animals that had, uh, had uh, multiple sclerosis, and the untreated animals were completely paralyzed. One injection of these cells, and the animals were, were, were moving around, jumping around in the cage quite normally. We went into uh, another model of, of, of rodents that gets spontaneous lupus, and these animals started to die uh, due to uh, kidney failure to lupus nephritis. And we went in with injections of our cells, and we were able to prevent uh, not only the death of those animals, but we were able to prevent all the, the, the morbidity associated with kidney failure. So I think you're going to see a lot of exciting applications like this starting to move into the clinic in the next few years. What about the availability of the stem cell lines themselves, well, em embryonic stem cells? Is there, is there enough supply? Uh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, all of the patients that we treated were generated from a single cell that we derived from an ACE embryo, and that line is immortal because embryonic stem cells grow forever. So we have enough cells, or if you have an embryonic stem cell line, you would have enough cells to basically treat everyone on the planet. It turns out that both embryonic stem cells as well as the iPS cells, which are also another form of uh, pluripotent stem cells, they have a, a, an enzyme called telomerase upregulated, which allows them to essentially grow forever. They're essentially immortal. Bob Lanza, many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet. We'll obviously watch your research very carefully. Thank you very much. Many thanks again to Robert Lanza and to you all for listening. See you next time.